tonight. It's Mark chapter 1, verses 35 to 45. I hope that's correct. I didn't check. That's okay. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and he left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Now a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Now Jesus sent him away at once with a very strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. And instead, he went out and he began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. I know God will bless that word, and I'm longing to find out what the reason for him to be told not to say anything, and he goes off telling everything. Thank you, Roderick. That's great. Well, um, let me just add my welcome to Libby's. Uh, if I've not met you, my name's Paul. And I'm one of the ministers here, and we're going to be looking at this passage. Uh, but let's just pray before we do. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it doesn't come back to you, Lord. It doesn't come back void. It just goes out and achieves that, Father, um, you would plant seeds, Lord, into good ground tonight, that our hearts would be ready and open to hear from you, that we would be positioned, Lord Jesus, uh, and humble, ready to hear what you want to say, and that, Father, we'd know what to do with it, we pray. Amen. Well, as we read uh, this passage, as Roderick took us through that, for me, uh, two priorities jump out, the first of which is time with God, and the second is about staying on track. And for me, really, it's about being connected in. We see Jesus going and connecting in with his heavenly Father. Uh, now, you've got that interesting situation where you've got Jesus praying to Jesus, uh, God the Son praying to God, and it's that sort of like that person with two natures, and you've got that sort of situation going on there, like, wow, what is that about? But you see within there the importance of God being available to us, God being um, in a position where he wants relationship with us, and we see Jesus knowing and having a desire to carve out time and to come and spend time in prayer with his Father. Now, I don't know what you're like 
uh, with that. I don't know whether you can carve time out. Um, years ago when I was growing up, we used to call them quiet times. Have you had a quiet time? And if you didn't have a quiet time, you weren't really a Christian if you didn't have a quiet time. And it's like, what does a quiet time look like? Now, I've got four kids all under 12. I don't have quiet times in my house. It's kind of chaotic and uh, really struggle to find that time unless you get up a little bit like Jesus did when it was still flipping dark and you have a quiet time with the Father when it was still dark. During lockdown, I sort of set myself this challenge of like, well, you know what? I could sleep in. Everyone's kind of flexing a bit, aren't they? They're a bit chilled, you know. People are meeting online. You know, people are sort of having their meetings in their, maybe this was just me, in your pajama bottoms, but a shirt and a tie or whatever, and you're kind of present. It's kind of a bit relaxed and stuff. But I was like, you know what? I could lie in and sleep into the very last minute because the kids are being homeschooled. There's no massive rush to get the kids out and to get them to school on time and all that stuff. We're all very chilled. But I set myself the challenge of saying, I could do that. I'm going to choose to get up early. And I'm like, why, why am I doing that? Why? Hang on a second. Let me just rethink that. Why am I going to choose to get up early, and, and I even set an alarm. I'm like, this is stupid, this is crazy. So I set an alarm for 6 a.m., and I decided, because I'm not very good at quiet times, because I'm not very good at carving out this time, and because my life is so busy and so chaotic, I'm gonna try and get up at 6 a.m. Just during the week, not at the weekends, that was totally different, that weekend's like something different, right? So weekday, six o'clock, set an alarm and get up. And to be honest, I got a bit bored. I do get bored. Um, my mind's quite sort of active and creative, and I have a million one ideas before breakfast, and I'll probably do one or maybe half. And basically, I'm like, wow, well, I'm kind of like, this 6 a.m. thing's a bit boring, isn't it? And it was getting a bit old quite quick. So I'm like, I'm going to have to get creative. And I think for me, I don't know if you're like this, but spending time with God, the Father, might mean that we might need to be creative and to mix things up and to look and see what we've got. Jesus chose to get up early in the morning. I wonder whether if he didn't, the day would just happen quite quick. You've got these disciples that some people believe were actually quite, they were teenagers or sort of older teenagers. They're around, they're asking him questions, they're pulling on his, in his, his sleeve, they're asking him stuff. They're being difficult, they're probably arguing, they're probably fighting, they're working out who's the best, who's the fastest, who does Jesus like the most. His day could have been quite busy and crazy and who knows what's going to happen maybe Jesus is thinking you know what I'm going to have to get creative I'm going to have to get up before all these guys and they're sort of snoring and they're still asleep I'm going to have to get up early while it's still dark and I'm going to have to go and disappear and I'm going to have to connect in and I'm going to have to spend time with my heavenly father so I got a bit creative because a, a few sort of days in, I was like, yeah, this isn't going to last. <laughs> uh, I needed to, to think of something. And we'd recently bought these mugs. Um, so this is kind of my family mugs. Uh, mine's not there because I dropped mine and smashed it. But there's the rest of the families are there. So Katie, Reggie, Smith, Flynn, and our daughter, Bay. And we've all got our own mugs. I don't. But they have their own mug. And every morning, what I would do is I would get up and I would choose a different mug. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take ours. So I'm going to take Reggie's mug, and I'm going to make myself a nice cup of coffee. I'm going to pray first, so it's kind of like not coffee, then God. It's God, then coffee. I say a quick prayer, and we go, but God, I'm going to just grab a coffee. And I would make a cup of coffee in Reggie's mug, and I would pray for Reggie. So I would specifically, all my prayers would be focused in on praying for Reggie. 
And then I was like, this is going to get a bit boring, so I'm going to have to add in a little sketchbook and a pen. So then I started to doodle. So then I did these prayer doodles and spending time with God the Father, listening for my son Reggie. This is what I did for Bay, my daughter. I would just begin to sketch, and I'd pray for their partner. I would pray for their school. I'd pray for university, for their friends, for their dreams, for their desires. I'd listen to God and say, God, what scripture verse are you saying about this child? And then I'd write that down. And it just began to snowball. And suddenly, spending time slowing down with the Father, praying for myself, but praying for specifically my children, it was just so life-giving. It was so good. It was so brilliant. I would then take this, the prayer doodle, and then I would get that specific child, and I'd sit them on my knee, and I'd show them the book. So for Bay, I took her the sketchbook and say, look, these are all the things that I've been praying for you. And these are the things that I sense God's saying for you. And then I'd place my hand on the little heart and I would pray those things over the children and over each child that would do it. But I had to do that because quiet times can be quite difficult. It can be quite tricky. And for me, I have to change up. I don't do that anymore. It looks totally different now. It might be a bath with candles and music. I've got a picture. I don't have a picture. Um, I, I go in the bath and I just chill out and I listen to music and worship. Or I might go out on the paddleboard. But I have to mix it up. And I have to create different new ways and new forms of connecting in and remaining connected in with God the Father because let's be honest, it can be quite tricky. Life is busy. We have a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of to-do lists, a whole lot of priorities. And unless we get creative and maybe get up like Jesus did and carve out that time and prioritize time with the Father, the chances are it, it might not happen. It might not happen. So my encouragement would be to right at the beginning of what Roderick has just read out, we see that Jesus intentionally, deliberately, got up early in the morning when it was still dark and he went out to spend time and uh, be with the Father. In one of the commentaries that I was kind of looking at for this, this talk, this passage, Donald English says this in his passage, uh, in his commentary about this passage. He says, Mark in his gospel reveals Jesus doing what any good disciple needed and needs to do, praying to God and presumably receiving guidance and strength. I just think that's just brilliant. I think that is there, that, that what he's nailing, and what he's focusing on, he's saying that actually the disciples needed to do that. Jesus needed to do that, and, and we need to do that as well. That in doing that, spending time with the Father, we can receive guidance, we can receive strength, and we can get all that we need for God, uh, to, to live our day. We enter our day in a different way, having spent time with God. We see Jesus do this in the Garden of Gethsemane. We see Jesus do this at times where he's saying to his disciples, Could, couldn't you stay awake and pray? Could you watch and pray? And you see Jesus retreating and going to places, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and then going into situations and, and um, certain um, challenges of the day. We're blessed as a, as a staff team to be given prayer and study days. And Dave mentioned this morning that, that for the, each staff member, we're given a, one day a month to carve out. I had, the, I had one on Thursday, actually, just to pray and to study. It started for me at 7 a.m., but we, we're praying on a prayer Zoom with different leaders and pastors and charity CEOs and stuff around Edinburgh and, and Scotland, and then it extended to Glasgow and 
and just praying for each other's churches, just blessing each other's churches, speaking well of each other's churches, praying in breakout rooms for each other. Uh, and it was just amazing. You carry that through in the day. Then picked up on one of the pastors from Kingsnet, and then I was calling him and said, that thing that you said, can you pray that over me? And then that kind of flowed. Uh, and it's just a, a real gift to be able to have that. But what might it look like for you to, like Jesus, spend time with the Father, to prioritize time with the Father? Well, it might mean being so proactive that you actually get your diary out and you look at it and you put blocks in where you say, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, and this is happening, and they're in, and that's prioritized, and that's protected, and that's kind of ring-fenced, and that's quality time. When I was a, a, a schools worker years and years ago, my um, colleague who was like my mentor and became my best man at our wedding it's a great guy. And he used to have this paper diary because I'm old. And in those days, it was a paper diary. And in his paper diary, he used to write TBN. I was like, oh, I wonder what is TBN. Like, what is TBN? That's going to be a big meeting. Um, it wasn't on a Wednesday. That was just a nice a kind of image that I could find with a blank space that I could slot in a TBN. Um, and it would, I think it was maybe a Saturday or something, but it was TBN. TBN. I was like, wow, TBN is really important. And I said, Craig, like, what on earth is TBN? Is it a channel that you kind of watch and it's your favorite show? Like, what is TBN? He's like, no, it's take no booking. I was like, ah, why? He said, that, that's time with my wife. I was like, ah, I love it. That's great. And basically, he didn't know his work, but he tried to prioritize that. And he would proactively go through the whole year and write, take no booking, take no booking, take no booking on that day because he wanted quality time where it was just him and his wife. And I think there's something in that. But it might look totally different for you. It might look like changing things up, slowing things down, being creative, getting up early, staying up late, whatever it is. But I think we need to be creative and proactive and intentional because Jesus prioritized time with the Father. He got up early before his day started and, and, and was filled up with all sorts of stuff. And, and he spent time with the Father. I'm going to show you uh, a picture of a watch. Now, it's not cool. It doesn't monitor your heart rate. It doesn't tell you how many calories you're burning. Uh, it doesn't sync with your calendar. It doesn't text. You can't uh, do, take calls on it. It doesn't have the internet on it. It doesn't have Spotify on it. It's got nothing on it. It's only got one hand. <laughs> But it's becoming an amazing, not phenomenon, but New York Times just were loving this. And I think it was GQ that said this is one of the essential purchases, top, top 100 purchases. It's called the Slow Watch, and it's only got one hand. It's got 24 hours on the dial. But this is their motto. This is why they did it. They say that slow is not a speed. It's a mindset that most of us somehow lost. Let's make time to bring slow back into our lives. Let's be slow. The whole point of the watch is that you can't say, well, it's 10, 15, and 60, not 67 seconds, because that, that doesn't make sense. It's not 10, 15, and 13 seconds. You can't tell it by the second. You can barely tell it by the minute. You basically say, it's roughly this time. But it's a reminder to slow down. It's got to be annoying when you're getting a flight right, and you've got to be on time. But you kind of get there on time, you slow down, and you look at it, and it's a reminder to slow down. 
to take your time. In a world where we walk faster than ever before, we have faster broadband, we drive fast cars, we ride fast electric scooters, we have fast food, we preach fast, if you're like me, you have fast fashion, unfortunately. Everything's fast. In a world where everything is fast, maybe it's time to start being slow, to be mindful, to have enough time in your day that when you're on your way to a meeting, if somebody stops you in the street, you can actually talk to them. Or you see someone that's asking for food or something, you can actually do it because you've got time. You've got the margins in your day to be able to be generous, to be kind, to be loving, to be Jesus. We slow down. Dave used this quote this morning from Tom Wright. He says, it's only when we slow down our lives that we can catch up with God. It's only when we slow down our lives that we can catch up with God. Then once we've been connected to God the Father, my encouragement would be to be, remain connected. Not just like I did that on Monday, that's me done for the week, but actually to remain connected. We leak. We leak the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit continually. We need to be praying and linked in with the power source, with God the Father, and we need to remain connected. And we might need to be proactive to be spending time with God and again building these things into our patterns and into our week to be able to do that. You may have heard of the Inner Room, which is a prayer app. Again, this has just been really helpful for me to be able to, uh, I could take a picture of, say, Mark, and I take a picture of Mark and I say, what are the things that I'm praying for you, Mark? And then I type them things in there and it's got a two-minute reminder uh, and a countdown and you can choose a worship song. And you put it in and the worship's playing and you've got two minutes and you're looking at a beautiful picture of Mark's beautiful face and you're just praying for them things that, that Mark, you know, would uh, encounter that and all, yeah, whatever he's praying for. I was going to be rude, but I'm not going to be rude. I'm going to keep it clean. Um, it might be that you pick up a book. Um, I dusted off this book uh, by Richard Raw recently, uh, Falling Upwards. Uh, and this isn't me at all. I'm a creative dyslexic. Like sitting and reading a book and, and writing things down just isn't kind of my jam. But I'm going to try with this. And basically, this is a daily thing. So you can read something and then you can journal it and write it down and you can go back and just uh, begin to look at the journey of it. But there's a whole load of stuff that we can choose, that we can do, that would help us be uh, connected in with God. Richard Raw actually would argue that whatever we do that is in communion with God is prayer. Apostle Paul in Ephesians says that I pray on all occasions for all things with all kinds of prayers. Like he can't, couldn't have been praying all occasions because there'd have been moments where he was having conversations with people. Like that would have been rude. Like he couldn't be praying on all occasions at all times, surely. But what Richard Raw argues is that actually it's more of a position, more of a posture. That if you're washing the dishes, you can be in the presence of God. You can be in, in communion with God. And that's like prayer. It's like prayer because you are mindful of God, you're aware of the presence, you're practicing the presence, and you're doing your life, you're living your life in a prayerful way, knowing that God is with you and you're in communion with him. Second priority then is staying on track. First one is time with God and it's important, but the second one is staying on track. Verse 38, um, Roderick read this, that Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else to a nearby village. Like, why? 
That's got to be so annoying. Like Jesus has snuck off in the, in the middle of the night, early in the morning, probably between three and six or something in the morning, like really early, like it's dark. Jesus has gone out, he's praying. Disciples are looking at him and they come up with this story like everybody's looking for you. Isn't it annoying when someone says that? It's like, oh yeah, everybody's saying this. And it's like, you and like an invisible army? Like who is the people? Like, do you mean you? Do you mean you are annoyed? Do you mean you are looking for me? The disciples were the ones that were looking for Jesus. They were like, well, everyone's looking for you. Where are you? You need to come. And he's like, I'm going to go somewhere else. And it must have been like, that is so annoying. Why are we doing that? Why are you doing that, Jesus? Well, this is why. So that I can preach there also. Because that's why I've come. That's why I've come. So here, for me, Jesus is identifying his purpose and why he's there. He's, he's there to preach the good news, to bring about the kingdom, to start the kingdom where he is and to see the kingdom break out in front of him. He's come to preach the good news. That's why I have come. That's why I've come. You see here the discipleship, the disciples' priorities versus Jesus' priorities, maybe. Maybe their agenda versus Jesus' agenda. People are looking for you. You need to come over here, Jesus. And Jesus is like, okay, well, I'm going to go over there because that's what I'm about. I'm about my father's business. I'm doing that. You want me to do that? I'm doing that. That's why I've come. I've come to bring good news to the poor. I've come to set the captive free. And we see Jesus' manifesto, if you like, uh, when, it, when he comes and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Recovery of sight of the blind to set the oppressed free. That's why I've come. Jesus is staying on track. He's saying, I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to be pulled over here. Because I've come to bring the good news. I've come to preach. I've spent time with my father. I've heard from my father. I know who I am. I've got my identity. I'm secure in that. And now I'm going to go and do what I've been asked to do. That's why I've come. I've come to preach the good news. And we see that. We see him bringing good news to this guy who's got leprosy. One of many skin diseases in those days. Leprosy where they would be outcast, where they wouldn't be allowed uh, anywhere near people. Where they would be sent out of the village and sent away. Where you couldn't, they couldn't touch you or you would become unclean. You see Jesus engaging with his mission, his purpose. Bringing good news, preaching, speaking, delivering good news to this man. It's a really interesting moment because Jesus is almost like, he's passionately almost angry, like, I am willing. I'm willing. Of course I'm willing. I'm willing. And he reaches out and he does the unthinkable. He touches the untouchable. Katie and I um, spent some time in India and I wrote some children's songs for the Dalit communities. Uh, these, these education centers that, that um, just teach uh, the children, the, the Dalit community, where if their shadow passes someone then then actually that person becomes unclean in that culture in that understanding in that um, religion and and we spent time with what was called the untouchable untouchables but in that culture if they touch you you would become unclean like they couldn't go anywhere near but yet jesus does the unthinkable he reaches out and he touches the unclean and instead of jesus becoming unclean the unclean becomes clean See, Jesus in his upside-down kingdom 
it doesn't operate and, and, and it doesn't work like we work, like the world and society sees it. Jesus does what he has said he has come to do, to preach good news, to set the captive free, to see people delivered from all kinds of things. And then we see in verse 43, Jesus sends him along the way. And he says this, and Roderick picked up on this. He says, see, see that you don't tell anybody about this. And then he gives him some instructions about what to do. Verse 45, though, he says, instead, <laughs> it's like, oh, man, come on. Like, you had one job. You had one job. Like, the one job was just don't go talking about it. Don't open your mouth. Please keep it quiet. You had one job. And the guy's like, instead, he goes and he tells everyone. And everyone gets really excited about it all. And a big swell happens of, of uh, hysteria. And people get offended and people get upset because Jesus is operating outside of the script that's being given to him with the culture and with the boundaries. And then he's doing things and, he, and he's healing people. And people are like, well, I want to be healed. And people want to be around Jesus. And this swell of attention is coming Jesus' way. And Jesus knows it. But he's like, I must be about my father's business. I must be about my father's business. Like if that happens, I'm going to be prevented from doing the thing that God called me to do and God sent me to do. I could get swept away on a, in a healing ministry. Some theologians believe that actually if Jesus wasn't true and if he didn't stay in his lane of what he was here to do, to bring the good news, to preach the gospel, it would have been quite easy actually for him to be swept up and carried away almost like surfed, you know, crowd surfing along and just be, be having praying for the sick all the time and almost become like a celebrity healer like it would have been so easy for him to go viral in that sort of sense of like oh my gosh like and Jesus just be carried away and taken along but Jesus knew he was about his father's business and he needed to stay on track stay in the lane of his calling and what he had come to do I've come to preach we know what that that is like we live in the day of things going viral. I'm sure you've seen this, but this is the Scottish postman from Aberdeenshire who loaded up a, a, a sea shanty on TikTok and it went absolutely viral. I think he probably woke up and he literally woke up with a record deal. His life's completely changed. He's on uh, interviews, he's on breakfast shows, he's done podcasts, he's, he's writing songs. It's just completely changed his life because things can so quickly, so easily in our culture today go viral just overnight. And your life can be completely changed. Jesus didn't want this to go viral in, in the wrong direction, in the wrong way. He wanted to stay true and in his lane of his calling. And he wanted to bring the good news, preach the gospel. He didn't want to get sidetracked or derailed into anything else but what he has come to do. So Jesus knew what his priorities were. He knew what he was about. And I love that. I love it when I love clarity and when I know the clarity and I know the lane and I know stuff, I can then be a better person and be a better dad and so on if I know what it is. My son's the same. When we go, when I used to take my eldest kids swimming in London, before he would get in the water, he'd want me to take him to the rules that were on the side. He's like, okay, so no petting. No, you don't need to know about that. No heavy petting. No, no diving yet. No, you can't, you can't run, okay. And I'd have to go through every single rule with him on there so he knew exactly what it was before he could have fun, before he could get in the book. He just needed to know what it, what it was about. And I love clarity. And I love it when businesses are clear as well. My boys are getting into football and I've had to fork out 
uh, some crazy money for some football trips. Um, and I'm thinking about my oldest son, Reggie, who's an Arsenal fan. I'm so sorry if anyone isn't an Arsenal fan. But Arsenal, obviously, they have been sponsored by Emirates. And Emirates have very clearly defined what they're about by saying, fly better. If you fly with Emirates, you'll fly better. It'll be a better experience. Fly better. If someone went to Emirates and said, hey, have you ever thought about um, doing bicycles? No because we fly better, like we, we fly better, we are Emirates, that's what we do. My uh, youngest and middle son don't support Arsenal, they support Hibs, <laughs> uh, so they support Hibs, uh, sorry about that, sorry Mark, um, I know there's some Hearts fans in here, but Hibs are sponsored by Utilitya, uh, which is about life with power, it's all about life with power power and it's very clear that they're about life with power because it's on their script their strip and it's underneath there they've got their logo and they are about life with power hey utilitor have you ever thought about doing ice cream no because we're about life with power that's what we do that's who we are that is what it is it's clear it's defined that's who we are ted uh, all about uh, ideas that are worth sharing the police are keeping people safe. Telsa are to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. People have logos and mottos that keep them in the lane. P's and G's have a, a, a strategy. P's and G's have a vision making whole life disciples, sharing the whole of the gospel with the whole of society through churches of grace. They bring people and God together. It's important to stay in the lane of, of what you're about, who you're about, what God has given you, the shape that you are, the land that God has given you to tend to, the people that God has put around you, not to be derailed, not to be distracted, and like Jesus, to stay on track. That is why I've came. I've come to preach the gospel, he says. I wonder what your priorities are then. If you had a, a football shirt or if you had um, your name, a business card, or whatever, could, could you define it into two or three words? This is what I'm about. Not in a prideful way, but it's like, this is who I am. This is how God has made me. Or this is what I'm passionate about. And I'm going to do this wholeheartedly. Do what my hand finds me to do. I'm going to do it passionately with all my heart. And I'm going to stay in that. And I wonder if you could do that. And obviously, we're asked to love the Lord with all our heart, mind, and strength. And love our neighbors. We're, off, we're asked to enjoy God, to make him known, to know him, and make him known. But in your day-to-day, -day, what is it that you're committed to? What are you passionate about? What has God been saying to you? What is God saying to you? What are you going off to study at university? Who are the people that God have put in front of you? And what he might be asking you to do? I'll finish with this, and then we're just going to have a time of, of just spending time being connected, maybe reconnecting. Maybe for some, that plug's come out, and you're like, I'm going to actually connect back in with the Father like Jesus did, and I'm going to be reminded about what he's asked me to do, who he's asked me to be, a good friend, a good husband, a good wife. I have a friend who is an American friend called Frank. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's older than me, and he um, was with OM. 
and had a, quite a big job with OM. And I remember him saying once that he, he used to try and have moments, first thing where he'd connect with God and just hear from the Father and then go about his day. But this uh, occasion, he, he just got up and he rushed right into his day. He had a massive to-do list. And he's like, I just really just need to nail this and smash out some of these things, tick off a few boxes. And he ran into his day and, and he ticked them off and he met with people and he had these big important meetings and he met these big important people. And he did all this stuff and he rammed as much as he possibly could into his day. And he got to the end of his day and it was like the dregs of the night and he sat down on the end of his bed and he was absolutely exhausted. And then he, as he sat down, about to go to sleep in the stillness, a still small voice, he heard God say, Frank, I had something for you today. Frank, I had something for you today. And it's my belief that God's got stuff for all of us it might look different. It might be a scripture verse. It might be a line in a song that we've sung. But that God wants to give something to us today. He wants to remind us maybe of his love. But we need to carve out that time, that space. We need to prioritize it, maybe slow down, and just hear from God the Father. I'm going to ask you to do something um, a little bit different. Uh, and if you're able, just to stand in the presence of God. I invite you to stand if you're just able. I invite the band to come up as well, and, and they'll stand with us just in their lane. <laughs> Don't go doing any pop songs. We're, we're doing worship. Stay in your lane. Stay focused. But we're just going to have a moment of being mindful that God is here by His Spirit. And I'd like you just to be aware of the the floor, if you're standing, just to be aware of your feet rooted on the floor. In a place, in a space where people have worshipped and prayed, cried and danced, had answers to prayer, wrestled with God, we're in his presence. And I'm going to shut up now, but we're just going to have a time of silence. And we're just going to be mindful of God the Father. And we're going to hear from him as he pours out his love on us.